Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. But I didn't read the Bible and I didn't go to church often. I didn't do those things because I was lost. But slowly, very slowly, something amazing happened. I was found. Found by God, found in need, found in fragility. When I was lost in hiding, he found me. He gave me hope. He gave me peace. He gave me purpose and a future. He filled my heart with joy where solitary sadness lived rent-free. Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay because faith is not about having it all figured out and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before He'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Good morning, Point family. My name is Adam. I am intern Adam, not Pastor Adam. Pastor Adam has not gained 30 pounds and lost all of his hair since last Sunday. See, I'm somebody totally different altogether. So, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity. Pastor Adam is traveling this week. He'll be back with us next week. But in the interim, I get to be here with you and spend some time this morning. Tell you a little bit about my personal story, what God has done in my life. More importantly, I'm going to share some of God's word with you. So whether you are here in this beautiful and historic church in downtown Knoxville, or you're watching online, thank you for being with us this morning. We continue our worship at this time in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Two older men were lost traveling together through the back roads of Kentucky. When the old man in the passenger seat finally saw a sign on the side of the road, he was excited and he told the old man that was driving, it's only 15 miles to Louisville. The old man driving said, hey, that, that's good news, but the name of the town is Louisville. It's Louisville, not Louisville. The old man in the passenger seat said, well, see, you didn't see the sign that I saw, so you couldn't have seen the spelling. It was Louisville. The old man driving says, I don't care how it was spelled. It's pronounced Louisville. So they argue like this back and forth for a number of miles when the old man driving has a brilliant idea. He says, I'll tell you what we're going to do. When we get into town, we'll stop at the first place that we can find. We'll go up to the first local that we can find. We'll listen to how they say it. We'll have our answer. The old man in the passenger seat was still kind of frustrated by this back and forth, but had to admit, hey, that was a pretty fair resolution to the dispute. So that's exactly what they did. They got into town. 
They went to the first place they could find. They went up to the first local they could find. And the old man had been driving, began to plead with the man. He said, sir, you got to help me. Uh, We're going crazy. We've been arguing like back and forth for, for quite some time. Can you tell us very slowly and very clearly where we are? The man leaned forward into the face of the two older gentlemen and he said, Burger King. That's my only joke this morning. My grandfather used to tell that joke all the time. And I don't care how many times I heard him tell it, I laughed every single time. See, my maternal grandfather was born on April Fool's Day. It was a date that suited his sense of humor well. Man, did I love him. Man, do I miss him. When I think of my grandfather, I think about all the time that we spent together. Time spent in his living room talking about politics and what was going on in the world, trying to solve the world's problems together. Time spent on his farm. Putting up hay in summertime wasn't necessarily my favorite activity but I love to take Jeep rides with him across his property. In the cool fall breeze, I could feel it blowing through the Jeep doors. I still cherish a trip we took together when I was in high school. My grandfather, my cousins and I, we drove all the way across country together to California, up to Montana and back again. I remember being a little boy and standing beside him proudly in a pew like this at the small country church where he attended. I remember hearing as we did this morning the song Amazing Grace. I remember him singing the words, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Little did I know at that time how real those words will become for me in my future. In early 2009, I was a brand new father for the first time, a brand new father for uh, a sick little boy who had spent his first week of life in the neonatal intensive care unit. In the months that followed, we were in and out of the hospital and doctor's offices. I'd been a husband for only about three years, I had a really stressful job that I had to work really long hours. And no matter what I tried to do, the stack of bills, it was always higher than the stack of cash. I just felt like I had the weight of the world bearing down on my shoulders. It was a difficult season, to say the least. And it was the middle of that season in the middle of my living room when I received one of the worst calls of of my life. The evening of May 7th, 2009, my mom called me with what I thought would be an update on my grandfather who had been hospitalized a couple of days prior. I expected to hear how he was doing, when he was coming home, but instead my mom's voice cracked as she said, Adam, he's gone. I was immediately filled with shock, with disbelief. I was two hours away from home, 
two hours away from the closure that can be gained from goodbye or thank you. So what followed that phone call, if I can be honest with you this morning, was anger. Red hot, deep-rooted anger. I told God he can't be gone because I'm not ready for him to go. My son, John Benjamin, was only a few months old at the time and I wanted them to make all these wonderful memories together. Did I mention a second ago that I was angry? Have you been there? Are you sitting in that season right now? Angry at God. Angry that your wants and God's will have somehow diverged. Angry that you believe God has taken someone or something from you that you love. Maybe you're angry, you're trying to go it alone. Maybe you feel lost. In the months, and if I'm being honest, the few years that follow the death of my grandfather, I was most certainly lost. Lost in the basement of my split four-year home. Lost in the most country, sad songs you could possibly imagine just being played on repeat all night. The sadder and the twangier, the better. I was lost in more than my fair poor, Jack Daniels. I was just troubled and lost. In my search for comfort, I alone I kept coming up empty. I felt far from God. I felt so distant from his presence. To make matters worse, I think I mistakenly believed that my misery somehow honored the man that I missed. Like I was gonna show the world how much I loved him by how much I suffered and hurt. But I wasn't alone. I pushed away my wife. I wasn't a huge help with our young, sick son. I wasn't the husband and the father that I knew I should be. The boy I was would not have been proud of the man that I had become. I wasn't leading my family, not by a long shot. I never picked up a Bible. If I had even flipped through at the time, I might have stumbled across the perspective and the hope that comes from the words of Jesus. Words like those in John chapter 16, verse 33. John 16, 33. Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but Take heart, because I have overcome the world. I rarely attended church at that time. Instead, most Saturday evenings, I would declare to Amber, church is canceled tomorrow. Church wasn't canceled tomorrow. Perhaps if I'd even shown up periodically to worship, I might have heard a comfort that comes from a sermon 
around what is now my favorite verse, Psalm 46, Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. But I didn't read the Bible and I didn't go to church often. I didn't do those things because I was lost. But slowly, very slowly, something amazing happened. I was found. Found by God, found in need, found in fragility. When I was lost in hiding, he found me. He gave me hope. He gave me peace. He gave me purpose and a future. He filled my heart with joy where solitary sadness lived rent free. I once saw a social media post that pictured Bigfoot with writing across the photo that read, hide and seek world champ. After my grandfather's death, I think I gave Bigfoot a run for his money. See, for some people, they find their fire for God as instantaneously as turning the knob on a gas stove. It happens quickly and it happens suddenly for them. The 16th century reformer, Martin Luther, for example, found himself praying and pleading in a thunderstorm as lightning was flashing all around him, he believed he was gonna die. So he, he began to pray something along the lines of, if I can survive this storm, if I can only survive, I will dedicate my life, not to the law as I had planned, but to doing the work of God. God answered Luther's prayer. Luther kept his promise. He went on to be a key and a pivotal figure of the entire Reformation. But for me, maybe for you, it doesn't work like that. Instead, I had to kind of slowly warm to a boil over time. But it's a heat that increases each and every day. In recent years, God has been at work in my life and in my heart. I have felt led to start a Christian blog. I have co-led a Bible study at work of all places. I've helped facilitate small groups through a, a, a community group called Christian Leadership Concepts or CLC. To the absolute shock, I'm sure, of anybody that knew me in high school and college, I've applied to and been accepted to Concordia Seminary. Next month, Pastor Adam and I will take a trip to St. Louis and we'll formally begin that process. In September, I'll begin classes. In a few years, God willing, and if this morning doesn't go too poorly, I wanna be here with all of you and I wanna be one of your pastors. This morning, I wanted you to get to know me a little bit better. I wanted you to see a man that looks like he's put together now and know that I once was lost, but now I'm found. But that doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that I always get it right or that I am completely put together. Ask my wife. 
if she will stay silent out of love for me, talk to my kids. <laughs> JB, Mallory, Lindley, they'll tell you anything you want to know. <laughs> I also want you to know the peace that comes from surrendering to God, the joy that can be yours if you stop hiding, stop trying to go it alone. Suffering and solitude is something that we were never intended to do. You also need to know being a Christian and a follower of Christ doesn't mean that all the world's problems just suddenly go away. That was somewhat confusing to me when I was younger because I heard a great deal about being saved. I thought that after my public profession of faith and after my baptism as a younger man that God would save me from hardships, from tribulations, that he would grant me an easy pilgrimage back to him. You can imagine my surprise then when life kicked me around a little bit in the season that I just told you about. Here in the South, people often ask, when were you saved? That's a question probably more common here than in other parts of the country. In the past, I probably would have told you all about my baptism and what I did and what I said in vacation Bible school in the summer of 1991. But now I know I was truly saved, as were you some 2,000 years ago, by God's grace alone and Christ crucified. Thank you for that. I also read something recently that perhaps we should never respond that I was baptized, but rather I am baptized because it's not a one-time event, it's a daily washing. It's a daily commitment that we make to die to that old self. I desire to live an exchanged life. And though I trip and though I stumble, I am not the same person that I was in 2009. There's an eagerness now and there's a desire to grow, to be better, a better husband, a better father, a better follower of Jesus, to be here each week with all of you. See, for me, and I mean this, it is a get to now, not a have to. Church isn't canceled on Saturday nights anymore. I so desperately wanna be a man like David a man after God's own heart. But as I shared, for several, several years I was hiding, and I'm in good company because hiding from God and distancing yourself from him, it's not a new concept. Adam, the first man, tried to hide from God after his sin in the Garden of Eden. So let that sink in for a minute. Adam tried to hide from God. God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the great I am, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and Adam was gonna win at a game of hide and seek. God, of course, found Adam. God, of course, found me. And God will find you too. But stop trying to hide and stop trying to go it alone. If we look at that account of Adam referred to as the fall, in Genesis chapter three, verse nine, Genesis three, nine, we read, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, 
where are you? I have heard it said that rather than a question, it's really an invitation. Not where are you, but where are you? Where are you? With arms open wide, it brings to mind the image of the prodigal son returning to the open and loving arms of his waiting father. In Luke chapter 15, verse 20, Luke 15, 20, we read, and he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. The father wasn't worried about why the son left or what he did when he was gone. He was only glad he was home. In Matthew and Luke, Jesus also teaches using the parable of the lost sheep. You've probably heard the parable of the lost sheep before. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 and 13, Matthew 18, 12 and 13, Jesus says, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. If you're hearing my words today, I know you may be hurting. I know you may be challenged weak and weary, perhaps you feel lost, but I want you to hear something. God loves you more than you could possibly imagine. In the book of Romans, Paul tells us that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. As we so often say in this place, and I hope we continue to say it every Sunday, and I know we will, there is nothing, despite what others may have told you, nothing that you have ever done, nothing that you have neglected to do, nothing that you will ever do in your future can ever change the way God feels about you. So in wrapping up, if today you feel lost as I was, and you're hiding, know the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth, seeking. Know that there is most certainly hope for you, even in your most desperate season. You can take it from me because I once was lost, but now I'm found. Will you pray with me? To your heavenly Father, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for always welcoming us back again, for finding us, for never giving up on us. Thank you for working on our hardened hearts. Thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus. Father, continue to work in and through this awesome church, these wonderful and amazing people. It is in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Um, now we're going to go into a time of worship and offering. Um, as we started 
um, the message you heard, John 3.16, on that video. Um, I just want to go back to that. Um, speaking of grace, speaking of love, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave his only son because he loves us in an action-oriented, sacrificial love. Um, and that's kind of what this time of worship and offering is, kind of giving of ourselves, um, trusting that God loves us enough to use what we have. Um, and like Pastor Adam always says, we give not to get God's love, but because we already have it. So you can give on thepointknocks.com, that little tiny man icon. <laughs> I never really thought about it. I don't know why that's the giving icon. That little man will take you to the giving page. Or you can um, give physically with cash or check in offering baskets, buckets um, on your way out. So however you give, like I said, we're already loved. Do it out of an act of love and joy, not of any obligation or sense of I don't know, church needing it or whatever. Okay, time for questions and answers. I have a confession. Yeah. I glanced at them a moment ago because if there was going to be a real difficult one, I was going to go ahead and beeline for the car, but <laughs> I, I think we're okay. I think you got these. Okay. Um, well, we'll start with the hardest one. Yes. What are your views on Bigfoot? I love him. I wish he wasn't so elusive. I know. I wish he would come hang with us. Like you can share a little, right. you know, like yeah. it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, one person says, thank you for sharing part of your story, Adam. Uh, we're, we're just getting through these, you know. Yes. Uh, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Belly buttons. I think someone asked Pastor Adam this question before. What did he say? Zippers? Oh. Zippers. <laughs> the answer would be no, right? I think not. Okay. Ask me in two years when I'm done with seminary. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this one's directed at, towards some girl who was up here earlier, not able to talk. I don't know. God's going to meet you where you're at. Words are hard. Words is hard. Words are hard. I, that doesn't ring a bell for me. Uh, <laughs> um, we have one more and then two more. Oh. That doesn't make sense. We have one. Never mind. Next question. First, great t-shirt. Thank you. Love it. On Amazon. Second, why does my car get poor gas mileage? Wow. Mechanical questions? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, great. I yeah. wouldn't know either. Yeah. Last question. This one's, yeah. this one's real, okay. Uh, they're all real. Great questions. <laughs> Cast mileage. Uh, I was raised Catholic and baptized as an infant. Does that count? Or should I be baptized again now that I'm old enough to make the decision for myself? Wow. So I didn't see that one before I walked on stage <laughs> or else I... Uh, questions about baptism and some of those uh, types of things are probably best reserved for Adam. I would rather not commit heresy here this morning, but <laughs> the idea of having to perform multiple ba baptisms, I think, uh, no, I think the answer is no. Uh, you know, if, if there's a baptism in a public profession of faith and you've recognized the fact that no matter what I do, good works, a really good last name, a really great job, live in the best neighborhoods, it's not works that's going to get us where we need to go. So it's recognizing the fact that we are inherently sinful people with original sin, and we need Jesus. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's doing the hard stuff. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's, see, maybe text that question in next week. Absolutely. Age of accountability is a really good question for Pastor Adam. In, infant baptism and all these theological things, 
Zing Adam with him next week. Yep. I'll make sure he's up here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all the questions for today. Okay, so now the benediction. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to mess it up. I don't think you are. All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. All right. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.